Hello and welcome to episode 97 of the Critical Twits podcast where we take a look at the recently released horror film The Ritual. Ooh. Oh, it sounds sarcastic. Twits. I'm Brian Ennis. I'm Aaron Vinsky. And we have another glorious episode of Twit Flicks for you. So, not our usual gaming fare. No. But we're going to take a look at a bit of nerd culture. Yes. Uh, by taking a peek at the horror film The Ritual, what we have just watched. Yes. Like, literally finished watching one cigarette and a wee ago. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that is in normal money. <laughs> Ten minutes? Yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we normally give it a weekend of pondering before we come to do these things. The whole one time we've done it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we, we imagined doing Twitflix slightly more often. We enjoyed the last one, yeah. uh, which was all about Ghost in the Shell. Zzz. Yes. Um, <laughs> and that was episode 82. Doesn't, that doesn't sound that long ago. Um, which was actually six months ago. Jesus. Because we've been slacking. This yes. being episode 97. We are approaching episode 100. Uh, so please give us some suggestions for what you'd like to hear us talk about for episode 100. That'd be quite cool. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to talk about The Ritual. Now, The Ritual has just been released on Netflix if you are American and other some other nationalities. If you are British, like what we are, what gave it away? <laughs> Tea, Aaron? Oh, yes. What, what? And some colonialism. Yay! Yay! <sighs> <laughs> History is complicated. Yeah, I feel guilty now. Tea and murder. That's what we're good at. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, if you're British like us, it's just come out on DVD. My copy of the DVD arrived... Two days ago. Yeah, it feels really retro watching someone on DVD. Oh, no, it's Tuesday today, isn't it? Yeah. Right, yesterday. Ooh, um, hot off the press. Yeah, and hopefully we'll get this to you fairly quickly for you to hear our hot takes. Now, we're going to try to have a spoiler-free discussion for a few minutes at the beginning, if you're interested. We'll then recommend whether we think you should or should not watch this film. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll talk about it in more depth in a bit of a spoilery fashion. Uh, but the reason I was really excited to watch this film, and I would have gone to see it in the cinema had life not been really tricky in October when it came out, mm. um, and it disappeared quite quickly, yeah. um, as horror films tend to do, Yeah, um, is it's actually based on a novel, also called The Ritual, conveniently, uh, by one of my favourite authors, Adam Neville, Ooh. who has been described as... Um, a British Stephen King yeah. but not because he took loads of cocaine and forgot how to write for most of the early 90s <laughs> for other reasons <laughs> for the good reasons yeah poor Stephen King <laughs> oh, so yeah so I will also discuss a little bit of what I think about it in comparison to the book yeah uh, because the ritual is an amazing book it's the first book of Adam Neville's I ever read I have now read every single word he's had published in book form. Mm. Um, so, you know, it was quite good. It was yeah. quite good. Uh, it's one of those people where I'll pre-order a book. Yeah. I don't normally do that because I run out of space. Yeah. And I yeah. have enough books. Which recently videoed my to-read pile. Yeah. In brief detail, we might come back to it. Yeah. full. <laughs> Why you haven't read this book and you should have done, yeah. <laughs> 200 times. <across laughs> yeah. Time, yeah. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about the film then. Mm. Um, it's a low-budget indie horror film. Yeah. Um, are you into that kind of thing, Aaron? Because I'm a massive horror fan. I'm not as big a fan of horror movies as you are, or most people who like horror are. Yeah. Um, You're not like mad for horror no but I tend to find the smaller India horror films more to my taste because they tend to because they don't have the budget do the things that I like more like not showing the big wibbly thing and not relying solely on jump scares all the time and that yeah. kind of thing um, whereas stuff like The Conjuring and that thing with the Darth Maul face I can't remember what it's called now there's been loads of them now 
Smart. <laughs> <laughs> there's some. There's some. There's some really like just just dumb horror movies okay. that d- don't. You do don't it. mean Darth Maul, dear. No, no, I don't okay. mean Darth Maul. No. Ray Parks. <laughs> no. Spider Man. Uh, he's got a bit of a red webby face going on. Venom. He does. Venom. Well, that's no, Venom's out. mostly black and white. So. Yeah, that's coming out. That looks yeah. like a part of shit. <laughs> Yeah, Venom was good in the 90s. Yeah. But not anymore. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I'm quite picky with um, with my horror films. Cool. Give us a horror film you do like that you think does all those things well, and then we can compare it to that one. Um, I'll go with one I watched most recently to this. Yeah. Um, it Follows. Okay. I absolutely love It Follows. Yeah. Um, it does all the right things properly. It's not scared about showing the monster as such, but you don't know when it's showing you it. Okay. Because of the way it's shot. It's shot shot beautifully, yeah. and it's worked well acted. Again, it's low budget. Um, it's got an interesting idea. Mm. Quite a little bit moralistic in places, but, you know, it fits. Yeah. And it's, it's genuinely unnerving in a lot of places. Yeah. Um, and left me not wanting to walk around in my hallway with the broken light bulb in anymore. <laughs> Which I always see that as a good sign of a horror movie. Yeah, a lot, yeah. A lot of other ones can just pass me by and I won't think for me. If I watch a really creepy horror movie, I get scared of mirrors. Yeah? Yeah, I, I had a thing with a kid where I really didn't like mirrors. Um, or, and I look across now, because I don't have curtains in this room because poverty. Um, <laughs> that thing where you got the light on, and it's night time, so you can't really see out. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I always, like, I wouldn't want to turn the light out while I could see out the window in case something... Or I wouldn't open the curtains in yeah. case there was something there. The the um, musical <laughs> War of the Worlds used to did that to me when I was a kid. Yeah, oh, the tape, like the... Not tape, but recorded yeah. um, audio one. Yeah. Um, I loved that as a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to sit and listen to that, just like sit and stare at the wall. Yeah, same. Although I could never get past the bit where he talks to the guy who wants to go underground because that was the bit where things were just before they were getting good, but it started to really go horrible. Okay. And I always get to that point and go, I can't cope with the horror, or the, the darkness and the horror anymore. And I turn it off. He was twenty-seven people. He was twenty-seven when yeah. that happened. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long weekend yes, it was which is good when you're an adult and you have to work um, so yeah so eight minutes in hour the ritual is about four friends yeah who used to be five friends and in one of the big changes from the book the film opens with they're on a lad's night out mm-hmm. um, and two of the characters go into corner shop to pick up some more booze to carry on the evening the other characters aren't really feeling it yeah and one of them gets killed yeah by two people that are robbing the uh the store yeah and just before that they've been talking about going on a lad's holiday the guy who died rob or bob rob, rob. i think rob um he wanted to go to sweden and do a hiking holiday yeah so we then cut forward and the four remaining friends are on a hiking holiday in Sweden in honour of their dead friend. Yeah. One of them gets injured and they decide to take a shortcut through the woods. Mm. Which, which was clever. Yeah. And things go wrong from there. Yeah. Without wanting to, to spoil much. No, but that is the proper don't go in that door moment that most horror movies seem to have somewhere on the line. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron and I came up with a really good plan on how they'd get themselves rescued and sorted out. Yep. Uh, instead of having to go through the woods. Yep. Uh, but they couldn't hear us, no matter how loudly we shouted <laughs> at the TV. And then we had to stop because the neighbours complained. <laughs> Damn neighbours. I don't like people. No. Why do you have to talk to someone just because they live nearby? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. We're yeah. on a hiking holiday in Sweden. There's nobody there. It's not like the 15th century, is it? <laughs> I want friends. Go on the internet, surely. Yeah, that's what it's there for, isn't it? Disgusting. Hopefully we'll evolve past this need to know the people in our communities. Yeah, just exist in VR, it'll be fine. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, I enjoyed the film. Mm. It was quite good. Yeah. 
there were lots of things that were, were fairly positive about it. Yes. Oh, it was really well shot. Mm. Yeah, there were some stunning atmospheric shots in there. Um, I was a bit worried when they started off that it was going to be all kind of... Because it has somebody on a handheld camera. Well, not a handheld, but it's obviously shoulder-held camera that's shaking a little bit as it's falling on the character. Yeah, but, oh, yeah. This is going to be one of those kind of... Not shaky, sh- shaky cam kind yeah. of... Blair, witchy, Cloverfield, throw up in your shoes kind of film. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it doesn't. It uses those at the right moments and it uses static shots to set scenes and give you the heebie-jeebies at the right points. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. No, it was shot wonderfully. Um, There's some really great shots of the, the countryside, the mm. Swedish countryside, because you kind of got mountain of ice in the background. Yeah. Um, you've got the kind of these rolling hills. Yeah. And then this kind of very dense forest. Which they they shoot to make feel f- very oppressive. It's that proper creepy forest as well where there's no branches. Yeah. Until you get like right up the top, like 30 foot above here. Yeah. So um, you know something fairly large has been walking through it. You know, there's bears and stuff wandering around those forests. Yeah. You know, the, the signs of actual life that you don't like because we're civilised and we yeah. only like humans. And it felt kind of like the forest itself was was like a, a character. Yeah. It it had changes of mood. It felt different in different places. Yeah. There's a bit where they they transition from into sort of Sparta forest that's got more sort of grass because it's the the forest isn't cutting out the uh, the light. Yes. So gr- things can grow at ground level easier. Um, they're like, oh, we've been a bit like this before, and it was bad. Yeah. You know, they they yeah. Like different areas and different parts of the forest, yeah, and that kind of thing. It's, it's one of those things that you know, forests can look very samey, and you, you get lost in those shots. But they've they've shot it so the sets essentially look distinct from each other. So you know roughly where they are. You know they're in a different location to what they were before because it is yeah. There's contrasts. Yeah, yeah. I thought that really helped it, it, the film for the first just over an hour. It's only a ninety minute film. Mm. It builds up quite a strong atmosphere. Mm. Um, it becomes quite oppressive. The music, the soundtrack starts off very sort of sparse and yeah. um, very sort of distant sounding and then becomes more and more urgent and mm. in your face and kind of discordant and screechy Yeah, um, as things develop. And I quite like that. I quite like the, uh, the way it kind of built. It was quite tense. It mm. had a few jump scares in it. It did. Not overly used no um these sort of films can over rely on them and i found a lot recently where you'll get the musical build up beforehand so you know it's coming whereas this has a lot of and not every scene that's like this will do the do the jump scares too but a lot of moments where it just goes deadly quiet and you can only hear the sounds and everything that the characters can hear and it uses that for a very good effect yeah and the music comes after the scare as part of you know, it's yeah. It's not used to. It uses the atmosphere to build it rather than the music. Yeah, it seems like yeah. a bit of a crutch for some films, and it doesn't do that, which I would really appreciate actually. Yeah. So you've got these um, these four friends. They're in their thirties. Yeah. I think. Yeah, they seem to be sort of. So old t- you get past twenty five, you, you all look the same. Yeah. Um, but they've got most of them seem to have what, wives and kids. Yeah. Now they're not the most hugely developed characters the four of them no they used to be university friends as you say and there's a couple bits where they kind of reminisce slightly the book was much better at that Mm. because you spend a lot longer with a book yeah and it goes into much more detail it's not a huge book but it you know no it takes you like five times the length of a film to read yeah a book so you can kind of linger and get to know them a bit better Um, they were distinct though yeah, they they you knew who each person was, and you got a rough build in their personality quite quickly. You got um, a good feel for their relationship. Yeah, um, and I mean it's a it's a very masculine film, I suppose. Yeah, All four friends are male. Yeah, but it seems to be examining those male friendships and how they work. Yeah, yeah, I could see that, which is quite again quite interesting. Mm. You can kind of see. I wrote down in my notes, um, starting to assert dominance. Yes, yeah, so were sort of, yeah, there was definitely a little bit of fighting for control at moments. Yeah, who's in charge, who's the leader, um, people not saying things and then saying things and kind of 
putting people down to kind of take control of the group and be yeah. like, oh no, it cares what you think anyway because of this kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Try not to spoil anything. Yeah. But very alpha male attitude. Yeah, there's that kind of that vying for control. <laughs> and the, the, our main character is the character who was in the shop with the friend that was killed. Mm-hmm. And they obviously haven't dealt with their feelings and the idea of guilt and blame yeah. around the incident. And there's a lot of maybe two-facedness. Yes. Where maybe someone's agreeing with two people who are saying very opposite things when they're yeah. separately with those people, which I, I've noticed men can do. Yeah, the Avoidance of... of um, confrontation, yeah, mate, yeah, she's yeah. a bitch. And then, well, when you were there, yeah, he's being a dick, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, avoidance of emotional conflict. Yeah, I think, yeah. Isn't it? It's, yeah. Um, because it means addressing your own emotional attachment to those particular situations. Um, yeah. Not wanting to. And again, that came across quite well in this. Yeah. I quite enjoyed, they had a bit of what I've, I've termed in inverted commas, banter. Yeah. Um, which then soon turn to bickering when things get nasty and you can kind of see their friendships kind of pulling and fraying and yeah. being tested um, by what's going on. Um, and quite a large lack of consideration for especially the injured member of their group. Yeah. There is very <laughs> much characters doing the kind of man up and get over it pull yourself together it doesn't hurt that much you're just uncomfortable it's not painful yeah thing which again men are terrible for doing yeah in a in a quite, in, yeah, in a, a very way, general yeah. sense um but yeah just a lack of empathy going on between them as well yeah um and quite a lot of selfishness in their behaviour, which was interesting. They're, they're flawed characters. They're not yeah. knights in shining armour. Yeah, yeah. They're four people who initially come across as quite close, who, yeah, have this undercurrent of not being... Yeah. Yeah. And so you've kind of got this this descent into the woods, and it quickly becomes what I've termed a creature feature. Yes. There is something hunting them in the woods. Yeah. Um... And so it's got that, you know, the, the creature feature is, you know, vampires, werewolves, any kind of supernatural monster is quite a staple thing in horror. Yeah. Um, but I quite liked, as I said, the first hour and a bit, it didn't really know what it was and what it wanted and what it was capable of. It was quite a sinister thing that was just kind of, Almost felt like it was toying with them, messing yes. with them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's what definitely came. I I enjoyed that that element. That's yeah. kind of the best element to those creature features films. Yeah, you said you said right at the beginning of the podcast the thing where you see the monster. Yeah, can often be disappointing. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of H.P. Lovecraft. Wish I could take the racism out of his books. Yeah, yeah. And then I might be more inclined to read them again yeah uh, yeah um, they'd be enjoyable at that point rather than cringing at times yeah you just kind of stumble across a few paragraphs and you're like oh my god no why um yeah. <laughs> but one of the things he does very well as a writer is he hides the monster and then it's yeah. like and the thing reared up out of the water and it was unknowable and my mind became undone and yeah. you're like oh my god his mind became undone because you're totally <laughs> lost in it yeah, yeah can't do that in a film no no you've got to show the thing yeah um, or bits of the thing like Alien does very well and yeah. that kind of thing and that's one thing that Adam Neville does really well he's really good at his atmosphere and his unanswered questions and this kind of growing sense of dread mm. um, as you kind of realise slowly that all the characters are fucked yeah in like all of his books <laughs> <laughs> um, and so yeah it <laughs> The first 70 minutes was really good. Yes. Um, and we tried not to talk too much, but you were smoking and I was talking and we had a little bit of a chat. Because <laughs> you also found the last sort of... Maybe it's half an hour. Yeah. To half an hour, 20 minutes of the film. Yeah, we didn't measure. But... Really jarring. Yes. So without spoiling anything for this bit, um, there's a bit of a tonal shift. 
a lot of a tonal shift. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's wholly successful. It feels a little bit rushed at the end. Yes, I think that's where it falls down. I think if they done were to do it again and go with that tonal shift to make give add an extra half hour onto the film to explore that shift more. Yeah. Or add that an extra 15 minutes onto that and just cut 15 minutes off the first part. Yeah. Um, it also felt a little bit like the the, the plot events that, that occurred came out of nowhere. There wasn't much in the way of foreshadowing. No. no. To go, oh, that's why X, Y and Z happened. Now this is happening and it's a bit different, but cool, I'm with it. It's just yeah, yeah. kind of, okay, this is happening now. Yeah. It, and it becomes much more sort of generic as a horror film. Yeah. It's got... It, I, I didn't stuff that's kind of been done. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't like that bit. I'll be honest. The, the first, it's worth watching for the, f- the first majority of the film. Yeah. Before that tonal shift, because that is all done beautifully. Mm. I was <clears> invested <throat> enough in the characters to want to see what happened. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But maybe it's more interesting for you, Aaron, as someone who's not read the books. Yeah. Obviously, I was enjoying seeing the book come to life. Mm. I. I would have liked to have seen more going on with the characters. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily explaining what's going on, because that unknowing can be more scary, is generally a lot scarier, but it, it, yeah, it, you had kind of a build up to something, and then it went in a completely different direction. That build up almost meant nothing. And there's a little bit of follow through on the character development. Yeah, yeah. Um, essentially, a discussion they have during one point um but it didn't feel like enough yeah um it it took away from one of the characters a lot like your main character i felt got got all the development yeah (laughs) and everybody else was pretty much just support and i felt like i wanted to know i wanted them to be fleshed out a bit more yeah I i wanted more follow through or conclusion on their elements of the story yeah. as much as his and in the book you got a lot more of that and you're able to sort of go back in time and go into the characters I and mean, it's very much from the main character's point of view because yeah. memories of the other characters and what they were like and what they do and you get a little bit more of like what jobs they do and yeah like their wife's name <laughs> you know do you know what i mean it's yeah. it's it's all very much kind of not glossed over, but very much background. You're right, they're kind of supporting characters, not the main character. Yeah. I did think it's Rafe Spall who plays the, the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he, he did a very good job. Yes, yeah. Um, I I initially thought, oh, he's going to be really wooden. <laughs> but it makes perfect sense as the film goes on as to why he's kind of acted that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I've got to give him a lot of credit. There were a lot of scenes in that that could have come across as really silly with yeah. some of the things he was asked to express and do that didn't he, he added an actual like human element to those scenes to make them actually feel like what they were meant to yeah um, I didn't know Rafe Spall is the uh, second of the th- one of the three children of actor Timothy Spall name rings no bells to me unfortunately uh you say something he's been in. Just, he oh, was in Alfie de Zane Pet. Um, he's Peter Pettigrew in the Harry Potter film series. Okay. Yeah, I know. I think I know uh, that. Is, yeah. He was in Sweeney Todd. I'm just reading Wikipedia. He's yeah. Winston Churchill in The King's Speech. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's one of those things. If you if, he's, you, looked, he's, if you looked at his face. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, famous dad. It's all right for some, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Although credit where it's true, you know, he's, he's got he's got some acting prowess behind him. So. Yeah. Um, Rafe Spall's one of those those actors who's been around for ages. Yes. I um, mostly know him from Black Mirror before this. Was he in Black Mirror? Yeah. Uh, the Christmas episode. Uh, they did, cool. I've not seen that one. Oh, <laughs> uh, watch it. It's really, really, really good. I'm really behind on my uh, Black Mirror, actually. Um, That's just, that was the Christmas episode before he went to Netflix. Jesus, you are massively behind. Yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> But he's been in all sorts of different things. Look at a huge rep thing. He's only 34. Bastard. Yeah. 
So, uh, all right, well done you for having a career at 34. Yeah, so he seems to be kicking. He's in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Oh, moving on up. Yeah. Well, maybe. Depends on your perspective, I suppose, but. Well, it's. He's a, getting better pay. So, say it's a well huge, f- huge film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the new Jurassic Jurassic World, I didn't actually think was that bad. I never watched it. Did you not? No. Did you like Jurassic Park as a kid? Yeah, yeah, I love Jurassic Park. So I was sat there with my then other half, mm. who really wanted to go and see it, going, this is going to be rubbish, it's big Hollywood blockbuster, da-da-da-da-da, and being a bit pretentious. Yeah. And then they did a sweep, and there were dinosaurs, and they did the music from Jurassic <laughs> Park, and my, my inner child went, this is the best thing ever! And I had a great time. Cool. Um, it didn't really stand up much to a second viewing, but at the time in the cinema with giant dinosaurs, yeah. I may have weed slightly at the time. <laughs> so, yeah, not so bad, not so bad. Yeah, yeah. So, um, before we get into any kind of spoilerish territory... Yes. Um, we, do we need a rating system? Well, we just did critical hit or critical miss before, didn't we? Or That's a bit... Tilted dice. Black and white, isn't it? It is yeah. a little bit. Um, but scales don't mean anything all at the same time. No. They're arbitrary. And I think if you're, a, if you're a horror fan... Yeah. You will enjoy this film. Yes. You like horror films. I like horror films. Yeah. I, I'm one of those people that would prefer a an okay horror film to a good romantic comedy. Yeah. For instance. Yeah. It's fair. I'd be like, I've had more fun. Yeah, because the thing's eyes got smeared on the wall, uh, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, terrible things happen. But that's just me. Um, I think that that shift kind of the last act feels kind of rushed and a little kind of lets it down a little bit. Yeah, um, I still I'm still glad I watched it. Yeah, I, I'd still say. I mean, like I said at the start, I'm not a big fan of horror movies as a general rule. Yeah, but I did enjoy this. Mm. I would have liked to have, it to have ended better. But I don't think I'll like waste my time watching it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, if, as I said, if, you, if you're a fan of horror or you've watched a couple of indie horror films and enjoyed them and that kind of styling, yeah. then, yeah, definitely give it a watch. Cause the, the tension and the atmosphere, yeah, that very is, good. Yeah, that, that is it's worth watching for that on its own. There are other elements to be to enjoy, but yeah. that, that is worth seeing, it's worth seeing just for that. Yes. Um, so now we can talk spoilers. So if you want to carry on and haven't watched it then do it so at your own risk yep. otherwise come back to us oh before we do that though would you does this make you want to because i'm going to talk in more depth about the book in a minute mm-hmm. do you, does this make you want to read the book <laughs> it does yes however go ahead with spoilers for it, it's fine okay but uh, yeah it has made me go oh i wonder what the book did yeah yeah so into spoiler territory now um so that we're covering the film and the book the middle of the film. Yeah. So from like minute three <laughs> yeah. to minute 70 roughly is the same as the book. Okay. With the added bit of him being, having the nightmares about his dead friend. Yeah. In the book, he's just got this feeling of kind of inadequacy because he's got a bit of a shitty job and and everyone else is doing so much better than him and they kind of look down on him and they pick on him a bit. Yeah. He doesn't have that dramatic backstory. So that opening scene is like, oh God, because that was quite violent, quite gory. Yeah, yeah, that that went from, okay, this is going to be a slow burn to, fuck me, that was, that was extreme. Yeah, and it was a slow burn, but they gave you something violent to kick it off and yes. get in your face. Which I think, yeah. I think worked for it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, about two-thirds of the way through the film, uh, sorry, through the book, mm-hmm. the character is taken hostage, just like in the film. Mm-hmm. In the film, he's taken hostage by like some weird redneck-looking Swedish people from the 19th century. Yeah. They're kind of a bit dirty and grubby and peasanty-looking. Yeah. Um, in, the, in the book, yeah. he's taken hostage by a black metal band <laughs> okay <laughs> that live in the woods now oh, this is going to bo- probably border on being a bit racist yeah but I felt the film film itself was a little bit of a culture horror kind of moment and I didn't like that and I was like oh they're backwards peasants who live in the forest okay yeah. whereas yeah if they'd been kidnapped by a black, uh, black metal band I'd have gone 
Yeah, fair enough. That does. Yeah, yeah. They are a bit horrible sometimes. They have some extreme moments. <laughs> yeah. So it's these these two guys that have got a cabin in the woods, and they're trying to summon this demon god thing. Yeah. Um, using black pagan magic mm-hmm. in order to like kickstart their music career <laughs> and like enough. to you know make an offering to it to get its yeah. occult support or record it or do, you know they're they're kind of they're kids and they're not don't really know what they're yeah. doing but they are fucking horrible people yes um, and they they talk to the main character and it's just the main character that's there. Okay. At that point, yeah. the the creature in the woods has already kind of finished everyone off. Yeah. In the film, they take the injured chap, Dom, yeah. and our main character, who's named Luke. Luke, yeah. Uh, they take the, the two of them hostage and then they string Dom up in the trees yes. after torturing him a bit as an offering to this creature. Although I don't quite understand what the torture was, to be honest. Um, they it... said they were preparing him for the ritual. Yeah. And the idea was they were slicing him up a little bit. But it didn't really... It was not bloody at all when he came back. Yeah. There, that, there were certain elements where it's like, hang on, I expected him to come back with like a, a limb missing or to have be, be slashed up in a fairly horrific manner with symbols or something cut on to him. I was expecting something from it. Yeah. He just came out with a bit of a bloody face, which you saw before he got dragged away. And it was like... What did they actually do to him up there? And yeah. rather than making me go, what did they fucking do to him up there? He was screaming like anything. It just made me go, oh. Maybe I was being a bit over masking. It's going, well, maybe he's just being a wimp and he just need to get over it. Kind yeah. Of poking his leg, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, but they've left Luke alone because he seems to have been chosen by this. Thought. Yes, yeah. So he had some holes in his chest. Yeah. Uh, where it had uh, sort of put a claw or a hand into, yeah. into him and, and seemed to have chosen him. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of the same thing in the middle with a different beginning and a different end. Yeah. Um, people have complained about the book about the end being quite jarring because it, it actually does what we said the film didn't and kind of fleshes that bit out more and you get to know mm. their names and what they're trying to do and... Then he's trying to escape, and it it all kind of comes to a head later on. So it yeah. kind of very much peaks, and then comes right back down, and and then builds back up again. Yeah. Um. And and has a very different feel. Uh, mm. I quite enjoyed that. I liked that shift in the book. Yeah, I I can see how that could work. I can yeah. also see why some people would find that jarring. It's something that Adam Neville does quite a bit. Yeah. Is that. He'll have this this thing going on, and the, no one knows what it is. No one knows what's going on. You know, supernatural mystery mm-hmm. or something terrible happening, um, and then they'll work out how to deal with it, or they'll solve it, and it will, or something will happen, and it will drop, away and it will become almost like a different genre. Mm. Um, so, like last days um, starts off, it's almost. It's like a an investigative mystery, mm. and then it finishes like an action film or an action thriller. Yeah, no one gets out alive. Mm. Goes the other way. It starts really, 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 really horrible. Yeah, uh, fairly quickly, and is really nasty, and then sort of almost does the mystery at the end. Mm. It's a bit weird, kind of. Yeah, yeah, slightly, slightly different, um, but yeah, it's something that that he does. He kind of plays around with yeah stuff. But I mean, if you're invested in the story, that I can see that being quite a you being emotionally pulled from one one way or another. I think one of the it's good like the thing, eye of the storm type moments. Yeah, one of the good things he does is that you care about the characters. So if the characters end up in a different situation. You've got that pull because you want to know what happens to them and you care about them. Yeah. And, like, real life is totally inconsistent. Yes, yeah. Um, and he doesn't do anything, like, super crazy, like, go into comedy mode. Yeah, yeah. Um, still... Or anything like that. But it does feel very different. But you care. I don't think the film, in such a short space of time, is enough to kind of hook me enough to super, super care. No, not massively. Um, I... I didn't 
I, th I think I'd have been happier if Luke didn't get away to some extent. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't feel like he'd kind of earned his redemption. Just almost yeah. like it, it felt like it was playing towards. Yeah, like yeah. Like it was a redeeming moment. It didn't really sort of feel like he'd earned that at that point. No, he just kind of managed to get away. Yeah. Which in itself can be an interesting aspect. Yeah. But it didn't play it like that so much. Mm. Um, because of that interaction he has with Dom, where he's like, you know, you need to get out of here, burn the place to the ground, tell my wife. Yeah. Um, it would have been... I'd like to have played it differently if I was writing it. This yeah, is yeah. a film. So if you've got this idea of the character, the character is haunted by the fact that he didn't step in and try and save his mate. Yeah. Now, he probably would have got himself killed as well. Yes. Yeah. Or messed up. Yeah. But he's haunted by the fact, and the other characters blame him for that. Yeah. When Dom is being hitched up, that's the point he should have broken free to try yes. and... And then you've got that arc of this time I'm not letting them do anything to my friend. Yeah. That, that was what I was expecting to happen. Yeah. I and instead he kind of breaks out like two minutes later. Yeah. Yeah, later uh, on. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I wasn't necessarily expecting to rescue Dom. I thought he'd get out, get to the point where he felt like he was getting that and it was going to happen anyway. As a but he'd of, have had that redemption and have earned yeah, his survival. He's tried. He's, he made, he stepped in. Is there an argument to be made that maybe... He just survived because he got lucky and life is horrible and sometimes that happens. Or is that just not narratively satisfying? I, yeah, I don't know if that is narratively satisfying, but it is. it could be if it's done right. Yeah. I think in the, under the right circumstances it might be. But again, it didn't feel like that was the way they were playing <laughs> that. He didn't feel like he'd gotten lucky because he'd deliberately done things. He'd yeah, I mean, there was a couple hints of that when they're saying about their their dead friend when they were like, "It's just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, it's yeah. no one's fault. It just happened." Yeah, a little bit more emphasis on that could have. Yeah, I, I think yeah, you could you could have had a satisfying ending with it. I think some yeah. people probably would have gone, "Oh no, it should have been like a redeeming thing." But I think yeah, it would have would have felt consistent. Yeah. So you have that tonal shift, but you have that consistency of, well, you know, life is shit. You just yeah. have to carry on and get over it kind of thing. Yeah. And maybe dangle the prospect of getting to the edge of the woods and then getting dragged back in by these people. Yeah. Or is that, again, is that too cliche? It could be. My bad writer, Aaron. Is that what we're, no, what we're no. saying? <laughs> you, you can play with these cliches and they could be fine. I mean, arguably the first... Half the film is, you know, fairly typical and cliched of these kind of things. Yeah, yeah. There's something toying with them in the forest that you don't quite see it, and it drags one of them away and torches them the thing. That's all stereotypical stuff. But yeah. But it was done right that you were invested in the characters, you invested in that atmosphere. Yeah. So the slight cliche doesn't matter. Yeah. Because it's been done well. Mm. Um, it's not been done necessarily in a cliched way. Yeah. Even if the setup is. So I suppose it's the film's not doing anything original. No, no. And I think the ending, the you know, the I'm trying to think of things where they've got creepy people that live in the woods and worship the gods. Um, Everything. Yeah. What's the one with the straw man? Oh, um, like, a bit like the Wicker Man. Wicker Man. Yeah. 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 Uh, that kind of thing. There is pretty much anything like that. They all fall yeah, along the it's sides. very it's very much a folk horror trope. Yeah, um, weird backwards folk people. Yeah, yeah, I've written a short story where that involves someone going into a village in the middle of nowhere, and all the people are a bit weird. Yeah, um, maybe I am a bad writer. <laughs> no, um, again, <laughs> that can be a thing and still be done well. You can yeah. still do interesting things yeah. with that. Uh, I did it amazingly. Please buy my stuff. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, maybe that has been done too much in horror films and it felt like it was going somewhere else. Yeah. Because, I mean, it also showed the, the creature at that point. Yeah. That that was the point where you saw what that creature was. And for the most part, it was quite intriguing. It was weird and horrible in places. Yeah. But then it had weird little beady eyes that I don't really find, I didn't find creepy if I'm more like a Jim Henson. Yeah, and that was that was something we, we touched on earlier, but obviously I don't want to ruin it for people. Yeah. But the creature itself was really odd. It was like this fusion of giant moose yeah. and human limbs. Yes. Sort of poking out of it. And I don't, 
we saw actually saw it quite a lot of it and I don't think it was that scary it was no. grotesque yes but it wasn't I'd rather have had flashes of it and yeah. the bits I, you know my, my imagination was, was ahead of when it was finally revealed I was yeah, like yeah. oh is that it yes yeah because they'd, they'd done that setup and the teasing the amount your imagination before that quite well you, you knew it had you got an inkling that it had antlers at one point because you think you saw it gore somebody you yeah. think but it might not have done that might have been someone else and yeah it, it was enough for you to start playing with the idea and building something up in your head at which point no matter what you reveal it won't look anywhere near as good yeah you know, you've got to be really careful with those kind of things Alien does it quite well it's one of the best examples of it yeah because it shows you elements of the creature so enough so you can start building the picture of what it looks like in whole so when they do reveal it it's like okay that's kind of what I imagined it to look like yeah um, while still being horrible because you don't know what that element could be yet yeah or what that's going to do I think maybe it might have been a, a budget or a CGI issue because the moose parts were really dark yeah and dank and furry and kind of mildewed and yeah, wrong yeah. looking that, but the human limbs were re- like really they I don't know if it was a conjure they looked like really pink yeah the plasticine yeah and they didn't yeah. quite look real yeah it kind of over contrasted yeah. the fact they've been faked up yeah yeah but as you said it could be a budget thing but equally as I think that's sometimes why I like the indie ones because they know they can't do that kind of thing in a budget so they try to do something different yeah and this they'll be spent a lot of money on the effects at the end and then lots of stuff of them running around a forest arguing yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i i felt i read when i read the novel Mm. that the having because i like black metal yeah or satanic metal yeah a bit death metal occasionally um and having those characters there I mean, I, especially when I was younger, I was kind of fascinated. I didn't want to be like them. I didn't like think they were cool in any way. Yeah, yeah. But the early 90s black metal scene where they were murdering each other and committing suicide and wearing bits of each other's skulls. Burning churches think, down. Burning churches down um, and all that kind of thing was fascinating. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. fascinating. I, I read a couple of books about it that I no longer have. Mm. Um, some of which... Um, Adam Neville references in the in the novel was like, yeah. oh, I read this and it's really good. Um, and I know from following him on Facebook, he is a big fan of extreme music. Yeah. Um, like heavy music yeah, and yeah. dark music. And that so it's kind not of done thing. as a kind of poking fun at black metalers necessarily. No. Um, it's, it's done in a, he knows what, yeah, he's obviously read some of the same stuff. Yeah. He's into it. The bands they reference, the things they talk about, felt real to me as a fan of those genres. Yes, yeah. um, and I was kind of looking forward to that bit. Yeah, I, I think if that had happened, I'd have been really intrigued. Yeah, but I think you've got to then build those characters up, and it would have been a completely different film. Yeah, but it just felt the ending just felt. Oh, I've seen this. Yeah, they're sacrificing someone to the thing, and then yeah. the other one will escape, and it's like kind of seen this before yeah it's, it's not doing anything different or interesting yeah. a bit yeah I mean when and even if he died at the end if they had sacrificed him to the monster so yeah. Luke had died as well when that that's the Wicker Man <laughs> yeah 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 it's true I don't know so once you start down certain paths you gotta kind of stuck your, stick yourself in a rut yeah yeah I mean when did the ritual come out uh, 2011 2011 I okay so I was going to say I'm not sure if it was a time thing because it's been a long while since that yeah. extreme black metal murder spree essentially happened yeah um, you know it's faded from people's memories but arguably it works in the books so it should have worked could have worked in a film as well I mean I noticed there was a couple of a couple of people I don't know sort of extreme archetype of a black metal in the background of the right at the start of the film was when it? they're talking the streets a couple of them walking down the street oh cool I didn't um, notice that yeah um, it's a little nod so it's a nod it. yeah, yeah. Um, you know that could have been foreshadowing yeah. look here's some normal ones they just dress for them yeah this yeah. one's name is Clarence <laughs> his name is not Sigurdhalmer <laughs> or Death Death was a real a real one yeah yeah do you not know Death doesn't ring he a bell he was a singer um, he's the the one that shot himself 
See, I've not read up much on this no. side of things. I know, I know of it, but I've not read up much about it. Oddly enough, I know some of it because there's a book called Blood Ritual that I've got where death. Um, the writer is exploring. It was the case of the Adam torso in the Thames. Um, it was just a, the body of a African child, just a torso floating down the river. Oh, it's not death. It's dead. Oh, dead. Oh, God, I've betrayed myself now. I'm not convolt enough. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Blood Ritual was looking at, because it was accused of being a ritual sacrifice, is why his body had been chopped into pieces and stuff. Yeah. So he explores all the different aspects of human sacrifice in various uh, cultures. Okay. The black metal thing comes up at one point because there was an element of it um, to some of the murders. But it's, it's a kind of brief side note because he never really contacted anybody who's involved or anything yeah whereas with the rest of it he talks to voodoo and hoodoo priests um a, and about all sort of the aspects of it the actual ritual sacrifice and the bits of it that are just okay. using parts that don't involve it and where it's misappropriated in places and exploring out of the Aztec culture of why that will happen and things it's, it's really interesting really really intriguing book um, okay, that sounds good. Yeah, so yeah, I've got an inkling of it enough that if that had popped up, I'd have not laughed at it. I was like, oh, this is really silly. Look, look, poke in front of the black mountains because that's what they talk about. It's like, no, no, I know people did that. Yeah, um, and maybe that was the fear they they had. They didn't want to shoot those scenes because they felt it'd be. I suppose it's just not something that people know about necessarily. No, um, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not a huge subculture. It's time in the spotlight is way, yeah, way gone. If it, um, Scandinavian countries, I think it's different. Yeah, it's, it's still a big still subculture a there, and I think there is a undercurrent of it still like bubbling in the background. Do you remember? I was going back a long, long time ago. Do you like Cradle of Filth? Yeah, yeah. British band. Yeah. They're a bit silly now, but I quite liked them when I was like fifteen. Yeah, they, they were interesting, even though um, Danny Filth is a bit of a pillock. Yeah, he's a very short man, so I felt the kinship. Um, uh, he, there was a TV documentary mm. with, and it had Cradle of Filth, and like one of their fans' mums went on tour with them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if it's still out there, but that's well worth watching. It's hilarious. I'm that down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably on YouTube somewhere. Um, well, just just look for Danny Filth's appearance on Nevermind the Buzzcock, just for. Somebody overacting that position and why it could be perceived as really silly, even though there are people who do are horrible. You know, there are in all subcultures and all cultures. Yeah, there's ex- extreme elements. That's yeah, right. yeah. that's all it is. But. Yeah, so I was kind of, I was kind of hoping that was that was in there, and yeah. none of the reviews I'd read had mentioned anything about it. Yeah, and I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah, and I was hoping it would still be in there, and, and then we were getting later quiet. and later, and it wasn't there. Yeah, and, you know, but that's obviously, you know, most people maybe don't give a shit about that kind of thing. Potentially, yeah, um, I think, yeah, it's just people. Some people just blank over and ignore, don't really pay attention to subculture, yeah, or, ca- or counterculture contexts. Yeah, yeah. So that, that in a book, they're able to kind of give you the necessary background information and kind of drip feed it in. Yeah, and it makes sense as to who they are and what they are. Read through it and go, I don't understand that, or they've referenced this. I'm going to go read that book. Oh, fucking hell, right, come back. You can fear it is stop and come back to something. To a book, yeah, books are definitely a broken up thing. You can treat it as an academic study when you're reading it if necessary. Yeah, but when you're watching a film, especially if you've got a film that's cinema release, you sit and you, you watch it and it has to work first time. Yeah. That's you get, all we get one shot encompassed, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. There's this potential, very understandable reasons why they didn't do it. It's just disappointing they didn't try something different. Yeah, I think maybe maybe a bit too different, a little bit too weird. Yeah, potentially. Um, but I'd like to have uh, have seen that. Yeah, I mean, it's not wasn't a big budget release, so it would have been a nice nice place to experiment with that kind of thing. So what you hope for from those kind of lower budget films is that. Well, even if only half a dozen people see it, we'll still make a decent chunk of money on it. Okay, obviously more than that, but you know. So pff, let's throw this to the wall and see what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm now lost in a in a Wikipedia hole all about um, blackmail. Yeah. 
Yeah. See, this is what could have been happening after the film. I could have been sitting there on my phone exploring all this yeah. and we could have been talking about um, black metal culture in the 90s as a, as a thing rather yeah. than... We'll do a podcast about that, Aaron. Yeah. Fine. We talk about that kind of stuff. It's, it's technically geek culture. <laughs> they are forms of geeks. They are obsessed with that particular aspect yeah. of, of... Some of them are scary people that I don't really want to poke them. No, no, you do it in a positive way. Most of, most of the aspects aren't that Some negative. of them have gone to prison for murdering people. Yeah. And because it's Scandinavia, they, they got out really quickly by <laughs> our standards. <laughs> and now they're like Nazis in the woods. That's not all of them, but some of them. <laughs> <laughs> Genuine things that happen. Yeah, so... Uh, if, if you like horror films, this is a good horror film. Yeah, as I, as I said, I'm glad it's I watched it. It's a solid it. effort. Yeah. Um, and it does some things very well. Yeah. And as an indie thing, um, with a very short cinema release in this country and no cinema release around the world... Mm. Uh, sort of going straight onto Netflix in um, in the big markets. Um, I think it did well. It was very well shot. It looked very pretty. Yeah. Um, I mean, even the the thing at the end didn't look hot. The monster at the end didn't look horrible. It didn't look bad. No, no, it wasn't. It just wasn't scary. Yeah. It's more the design, maybe. Yeah. Maybe the colouring on the the art and stuff, but it didn't jar me. Like bad CGI, you'd be like, that's not even in that shot. Yeah. No, it looks like it existed in, yeah. in the world, yeah, which that is very hard to do, actually. There are a lot of CGI artists that really struggle with that and do it badly. Yeah. Uh, watch Blade 2 as a context for that and just watch him jump from one building to another. He looks like a piece of plastic scene falling off. Yeah. So, would you consider... I haven't, hopefully haven't ruined the very ending of the book. Mm. Would you consider reading the book? Yeah, definitely. I mean... I. I've not read any of Adam Neville stuff. Yeah. Just because I've not got round to it because I'm terrible for reading habits. Yeah. Um, and I've been intrigued to read his stuff before because he sounds like he writes really interesting stuff yeah. and he's quite nice and I yeah. like him. Um, <laughs> yeah, because we've met him at... He's been about at various writing yeah. things we go to and that kind of thing. He's, he says some really interesting things. Um, so... But it's made... It's, it's been... There's been enough in that film to make me go, I want to see what the book did, as I said before. Yeah. And what you've said is now I'm going, oh, no, I definitely want to read this now because it seems different. It yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's done something. Yeah, I'm looking over your shoulder at every book he's ever had published. <laughs> so I'm obviously sold yeah, yeah. Uh, on his work. Um, if anyone is after a recommendation or something they can kind of read from scratch and not have a clue what's going on, um, either Lost Girl or Last Days oh, they're up there with the ritual as being very 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 good works yeah. um, Last Days is investigating a cult the guy's trying to find out what happened to this cult yeah. um, and is very 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 dark and builds and builds and builds and builds really really sort of horrible mm. way um, and Lost Girl is kind of like almost like a foray into science fiction okay it's set in the future um, and we've got global warming climate change yeah uh, you know pick your name um, <laughs> society is crumbling way too hot um, scarcity of resources flooding in various places yeah and the guy's daughter gets kidnapped hmm. goes missing and he's trying to find her and that is actually probably his for me his most disturbing novel because it it's the way the character kind of changes and you're kind of locked into the physicality of the character yeah um, which starts with you know the the physical changes in the world and then becomes oh, okay um, more so as he, uh, you know, he does things and gets hurt and yeah. yeah, oh, really, really good sort of character study of someone kind of almost like circle in the drain, desperate, trying to yeah. trying to fix things that they probably can't fix, kind of desperate yeah. feel to it. Really, really good, but you know, dark as fuck. Yeah, very bleak. Um, had a, a quick look at. Um, the director? Yes, yeah, because um, we recognised his name. 
Now, David Bruckner is... Da, 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 he co-wrote and co-directed a film called The Signal. Mm, I think I've um, heard of that, but I've not seen it. Which is told in three parts, um, and it was kind of... It's um, three filmmakers, so they kind of stitched it together. Hmm. Uh, he also co-wrote and directed a bit in the anthology VHS. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is a similar thing where it's... Yeah, got it's different like bits. Um, an anthology film, almost. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and I th- he he's also um, the cinematographer on a film called Psychopathia Sexualis, which I'd never heard of. Um, I... Mm. It's a drama film... With vin- vignettes are based on the sexual perversity study of Richard von Kraft Ebing. Is it one of these? Is it got three, two other parts? There's two other films that uh, are in the series. It's vignettes, so, okay, so presumably it's, just... it's kind of different bits and pieces. There's there's a series on Netflix that somebody has recommended me. That's got a very similar weird Latin title to do with sex in it. Okay, this. Um, Nymphomaniac it's the Nymphomaniac series I think is what it's called oh Nymphomaniac yeah. by um, it's, it's different isn't it but yeah Nymphomaniac is um, something I haven't actually got round to watching no the same it's, I've had um, people re- it's same. in two parts it's a Lars von Trier film mm. I felt I'd watched enough Lars von Trier films after I watched um, Antichrist yeah you seen Antichrist? I haven't. No. Antichrist is is brutal as hell. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's extreme. To me, it's extreme horror. Yeah, yeah. It's not like buckets of gore and that kind of thing. No, but it's it's um, deeply disturbing. But it's incredibly disturbing and has a few very, 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 very nasty moments. Mm. Um. Which is which is fine if you're into that. Yeah. I mean, the ritual. We didn't really talk about rich. It's not hugely graphic. It's not hugely violent. It's got a few shocking, horrible bits. Yeah, but it's not like if you're not into gore, it's not hideously gory. Yeah. It's not a torture porny kind of which I know sore people... stroke hostile yeah. kind of horror in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, which they, they can be. They could be fun is probably not the word for it. They could be interesting at times. Yeah. But yeah, no, I appreciate that they they were a bit more subtle. With it, I think. It's only a fifteen in this country, not an eighteen. Yeah, which I think makes sense. Although some of the scenes in it are still, although it's not a gore film, it's all pretty horrible. Yeah, I mean, I got into horror films in a big way as a teenager because yeah. they were taboo and scary, and I yeah, went yeah. to see Blair Witch Project in the cinema and that kind yeah, of thing. So and it was like a big thing. Yeah, I watched it on my own. Did you really? Yeah. Why did you, you go to the cinema on your own? Yeah, I thought it'd be scarier. <laughs> Other people got to see it before me because like, I was sick when they'd gone to see it. And okay. I went, okay, well, I'll go on my own then. I went and sat and watched it. And then the cinema in Peterborough is next to a sort of lightly forested bit before the parkway, and I kissed my pants on the way home. Nice. Not literally, but I practically ran home that night. I found Blair Witch really, really scary. Yeah, yeah. And I've watched it since, and I still get, still freaks me out. Really? And I've I think not... it's, I think it's just like the memory of it more than anything. It's like. It all comes flooding back. Yeah. Like, it's like reliving a trauma. I know yeah. that that's like greatly overdoing it, and maybe you know. Well, it was... I don't mean that it, that it was a trauma, not to belittle any kind of trauma anyone no, ever no, had. No, but yeah, yeah, it, course, it, you know, you but... get that. Well, it, it, it triggers the same kind of bit in your yeah. brain to go. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Even though I know people who've watched it since because they've watched similar type films and they've gone, oh, it's really mm. dull. And I was like, yeah, but if you've never seen anything like that before, it was completely new. The, yeah, the fact it was slow works in its favour. Yeah, because it built it. Getting has it that, get that build. It's just the last five minutes. It's just fucking mad. Yeah. Have you seen the new the new one, Blair Witch? No, no, not yet. I watched Blair Witch a few months ago. Um, I have to dig it out. We'll watch it. We'll compare the two. We'll do another Twitflix. Yeah, yeah. Um, Interesting. We're also going to have a look at another adapted work fairly soon, mm-hmm. um, which is... I get really excited when books I read are turned into films. Yeah? Yeah, I do. A lot of people don't like that, do they? They get kind of like, oh, it's not going to be a thing. 
I I can sympathise with those people. I don't. I said to you before we start watching this. I don't like reading the book of something before I see the film of it. Okay. Because I have certain expectations set by the book, and again, because I've been with it for yeah. a little while, I've gotten quite attached to it. Yeah. So I end up questioning changes in something rather than appreciating it for what it is. Sometimes. Yeah. And I have to try and convince, tell myself to turn off and watch it for what that is. Yeah. I can compare elements afterwards, but enjoy it for its own thing as well yeah uh, yeah well it's I think there's that rule that the book is always better than the film yeah, yeah. But, but that's because books are better than films mm, depends on what you do it depends on the context I think but books are better than films depends on the context okay what, what co- in what context I, is films better than books I think books that are heavily action based I think films tend to work better with that you can be more engaged with action scenes in a, in a visual Yeah, te- so I'm not setting. really into action films, I suppose. Yeah, so you don't read action like, novels as much. Yeah, like all the all the nerds get really excited about the latest comic book thing and I go, I don't care, it's just a big green man throwing cars at people for an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. That's so what they all are, isn't it? Pretty sometimes much. Sometimes the man and, is and, silver, yeah. sometimes he's... Sometimes he's allergic to rocks, sometimes he's allergic to mental illness. Yeah, Um, sometimes his parents died. His parents have always died. died. Sometimes he's a billionaire and all his magic powers are actually technology. Really? That's twice as well, there's two of them. Fucking two of them. If you're really lucky... One of them can fly, one of them can't. There'll be a woman. Tell them apart. Sometimes there's a token woman, yeah. 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 I want to watch Wonder Woman, actually. It's it's actually quite good. Because I thought it might be... They were different enough to put a woman in it. It might be different enough to not be shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I think it's D- the DC films have all been crap. The Marvel films have been good, but very samey. They seem to be aimed at twelve-year-olds, and I'm not. Yeah, 12 yeah. Anymore. Um, I was never twelve. I went straight from eight to forty-six. It's still speaking. It's still superhero-y in a lot of places, and that does make some mistakes. Yeah. But it's. I enjoyed everything I saw in it. Do you know what I did like? That was a recent superhero film. Yeah. Logan. Yes. God, fucking horrible. That was brutal. We might we might have a chat about that at some point. Yeah, definitely. Because that yeah. was... Uh, it gave me the feels, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't like feeling my own feelings. Or anyone else's, for that matter. <laughs> you want to film just both. Fucking hell. Yeah. But, as I started to say about <laughs> five minutes ago, yeah. we're going to have a look at Richard Morgan's Altered Carbon. Yes. Which is something we've both read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I read the book first about ten years ago, and then last year... When we went on a bit, we went off on a cyberpunk kick because we were yeah. playing loads of Netrunner. You're re-listening to the book alongside watching the TV show. Yes, which is probably not a good idea. I, yeah. I like I said, I read it probably about ten years ago as well. Similar, a long time. But last year, I read all uh, Burning Chrome instead. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I read that's the short stories short collection, collection isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Um, one before Neuromancer, yes, which I spoiled for Joe when we talked about cyberpunk books. Whoops! Uh, but I cut out of the podcast. <laughs> when we were recording when I spoiled it for him. Never mind. Sorry, but, Joe. <laughs> but yeah, no. So I'm going. You, I know you've already said because you finished Auto Carbon already, the TV series. Yeah, I I may have binge watched the entire last six episodes this weekend yeah uh, whereas I'm watching it with literally my... one after the other watch the whole thing um, I'm watching it with yeah. my wife because it's quite horrible in places and we're having to sort of pace it yeah. so we can watch a little bit of time although yeah. the last episode she did go can we watch another one afterwards so it's getting to that point where she's invested enough it that she can get up past it as well yeah yeah, yeah. um She's become. She has become so numb. <laughs> Quite possibly, considering what we were laughing at before. Yeah, but um, I think that's two podcasts in a row where we've Lincoln parked it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm. I'm just finishing that off, and then we'll actually get on that. And then we've got another one, which I'm trying to catch up and finish because <laughs> I finished it, which yeah. is Devilman Crybaby. Yeah. So we're going back to the anime sphere on something that I'd say is probably like a historical anime it's it's brand new but the thing it's based on is is from it's the a 70s reboot. yeah kind of <laughs> it follow the story the spiritual is, successor it's it's a reboot it's it's doing yeah. it's added some elements but a lot of the main crux of the story is the same as the old one yeah so it's 
Yeah. I, th- I think it's, it's a nice historical ex- exploration of where anime was. Oh, cool. Um, and stuff. But yeah, I need, you need your yeah. feelings because I need to talk about it because I have some very complicated feelings about it. Okay. Um, so look um, for- not in my pants, as you said before. Look forward <laughs> to Aaron's complicated feelings for Devilman Crybaby <laughs> and him being really confused about what happened in the book and what happened in the TV show of Altered Carbon sometime <laughs> soon. Yeah. Um, we're going to hopefully record a little bit of something about some board games and a little bit of something about Netrunner soon as well. Yes. And we've started vlogging every week about our Friday game nights. So mm. if you uh, miss our beautiful, beautiful faces, um, you, can, you can see us on that. Yeah. Looking all pretty and shit. In glorious HD. We're recording in HD Yeah, it's HD. Glorious HD under bad lighting. Yes, yeah. We, we will get a nice bright satellite to blind the crap out of us while we're recording. Yeah, but it's a vlog, it don't matter. That's no, fine. No. It's gorilla. It's punk rock, man. It's punk rock. Yeah. It, it's black metal. <laughs> I was going to say Gonzo, but we were doing a bit of Gonzo reporting, but you know. Yeah, it's black metal. It happens kind of in the twilight. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not for everyone, but those <laughs> people that like it seem to really like it. Yeah. So it's good. Cool. Uh, so if you have anything to add, if you think we've got this film completely wrong, if you're a big fan of the book, um, and I've misremembered what happened, because it's been about seven years since I read it, yeah. uh, please leave a comment. Uh, if you've got anything to add about Altered Carbon or Devilman Crybaby, let us know as well. We might even read out what you're saying on the podcast. Yeah, definitely. It'd be nice to get some fan feedback on those kind of things. And obviously, um, if you really like what we've done and you've not heard us before, uh, please click uh, the like button or the subscribe button because it helps share our podcast and our gaming channel about. Uh, and YouTube aren't our friends anymore because we're not big enough so they won't give us any money no. so the more people that do that the more the sooner we can get back to actually like buying board games to play and talk about yeah and, yeah uh, that reminds me I need to turn off all the ads so they can go stick their yes, funding at the ads yeah um, and also crack cocaine yeah mm, delicious crack cocaine well you know you did mention what I did to Stephen King to start well, I don't want the podcast to go down that route I want to be a famous writer I thought I'd skip right to the drug years and then come out of it and be famous. That that work, right? It does seem to be an important step. Yes, definitely. Um, so if you want me to be famous, uh, then please subscribe to the channel so that I can buy drugs. <laughs> it's the best sales pitch ever, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Cool. I will not buy drugs with any of the money. Drugs are bad. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>